0: I'm Coach Tony Miller, and you're listening to a Quick Timeout podcast. We have conversations with basketball coaches from around the country, focused on specific topics designed simply to help grow the game. Welcome into a Quick Timeout podcast presented by Doctor Dish Basketball. It's great to have with us today, Doctor Matthew Raidbard, former college basketball coach, current college associate athletic director, and author of the book. Lead Like a Pro, Effective Leadership Styles for Athletic Coaches. Coach, thanks for coming on the podcast.
1: Thanks for having me. I'm excited to be here.
0: My introduction was brief, and that was intentional. I wanted you to kind of give a little bit about your background, and you and I were talking beforehand. This is not somebody who is just an author of a random leadership book. This is somebody who's had experience as a coach, and so our whole discussion, I would like for us to kind of go at it from that perspective and really get into the weeds of things of leadership and how that can make our coaches better, how we can help lead our players better. So you can start wherever you want to.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, I, I started my career as a men's college basketball coach at a, a small division two school, Western New Mexico University down in the southwest corner of the state. And, you know, it, it's while I was there, I was fresh out of college. Uh, it was my dream to be a college basketball coach. And you know, I was really fortunate to get that opportunity to break into the profession and get that experience And it was actually and i didn't totally understand it at the time but it was something that happened very early on was you know when i was making the drive from chicago to to silver city all i was thinking about was how unbelievable this opportunity was that i was going to get to be a full-time college basketball coach that i was going to you know recruit and coach on the court practices games i was going to do all these very best you know breakdown films all these very basketball centric things that were kind of the the traditional things my interpretation of what a coach did Um, on a daily basis was. And, you know, I I got down there and I was down there for about a month and, you know, enjoying my time with the players and coaches and athletic department and campus and everything. And I, I really was enjoying the experience. And I was talking to my dad and he was asking me how it was going and I was telling him all of that. And then kind of at the end, I said to him, I said, dad, but you know, everything's going great, but when am I gonna get to do all of that stuff? You know, I was spending so much of my time as a study hall monitor, a class checker, the strength and conditioning coach, I was a mentor, I was a tutor, I was a nutritionist, I was a chauffeur, I was wearing all of these other hats in addition to the kind of coaching aspect that I anticipated. And I didn't know it at the time, I, I didn't know it till years later, but one of the things that was kind of holding me back early in my career as a coach was I didn't have a developed enough sense of of leadership, leadership practice, and my leadership style to take on the full breadth of leadership responsibilities that coaches are asked to take on. And it really wasn't until you know I was at western Mexico, I was at Dartmouth, Florida Gulf Coast. It wasn't until I got to to Chicago State University, and we're talking now I'm five, six years into my career when I really started understanding the importance of, having a really developed leadership philosophy that I could apply to all of these situations and also really realize what, you know, who the person I wanted to be as a coach was instead of just being so reactive all the time to all the different situations that I was presented or put in
0: as a coach. I think especially for younger coaches, you know, you don't know what you don't know. And like you just mentioned, your experiences help you see maybe gaps or even, like where you need to go or what you thought something would be versus what it actually is. And when it relates to their leadership styles or characteristics, a lot of coaches don't even know what it takes to be a successful leader. And from that perspective, what did you see over time or as you've studied and observed other coaches, maybe things that you found in your own career, but like the common characteristics that really make a successful college basketball coach and a successful leader.
1: One mistake that I made early in my career and I, I a lot of young coaches that I've worked with or new, coaches new to the profession that they they make is they try to model their leadership practice off of other successful coaches. So when I got into the business, I thought to myself, you know, I'm going to watch what all these other successful coaches that I admire do. I'm going to really study them and then I'm going to replicate it and because I'm, you know, great with Xs and Os and you know, build relationships with my players and they like me, I'm going to combine all that and I'm going to be really successful. And that's what I thought building leadership practice was. And whereas it's important to, you know, observe what other coaches are doing and learn from them, what works for other successful coaches works for them because they've figured out what their personal core values and beliefs are. And then they've aligned their leadership style and all of their leadership decisions with it. So, you know, it took me a long time to realize that what I needed to do, the first step was I needed to go and and I needed to reflect on who am I as a leader, you know, what's important to me, what are my values and beliefs? So for me personally, you know, I I believe in being really positive, a lot of open and direct communication with my athletes. Uh, I, you know, I believe in inspiration and motivation. It's my job to inspire my athletes to believe they can be greater than they thought they could to achieve more than they thought they could on their own. And I, I, I really got into college coaching because I really value the relationships I have with my athletes. So knowing that about myself, knowing those are my values, now I've got to figure out the leadership style or styles and those associated leadership behaviors that are going to reinforce that. So for me, I was naturally drawn towards transformational leadership. A lot of clear, direct, positive communication, inspirational motivation nation individual consideration, building strong relationships based on mutual trust and respect. You know, once I started learning about transformational leadership, I realized, you know, the foundation of my leadership practice is transformational leadership. And then the next step is now I've got to learn how to practice it. Now I've got to be able to go onto the court or, you know, go into the meeting room or sit down in my office or wherever it is, and I've got to actually practice transformational leadership that reaffirms all of those core values and beliefs that I started with. And that needs to manifest itself through all of my decisions. So I, I, I need to be using clear, positive, direct communication. I need to really focus on relationship building. I need to actually do those things to kind of reinforce that first step of how important they are to me as a person and a leader.
0: I think it's interesting whether you're in business or what you just described there. The process is extremely important. But again, most young people start with what they see, which are the characteristics of, I want to be the next Coach K. I want to be the next Nick Saban, whoever you aspire to be. And that's really the ending point. The beginning point is those core values. I think for a business, it's we describe it as like figure out what your mission is, what your mission statement is, and then everything else is an outgrowth of that. If you want to be that, work your way backwards and figure out if that is who you really are. And the, the core values are something that our staff has talked a lot about In this offseason. We're trying to be more intentional about it for those that are you know i think it's something that everybody says that they have core values i don't know on a day-to-day basis if people actually live out those those core values necessarily uh, again probably because they took them from their favorite coach and made them their own core values but even in the way that it's manifested in their practices and their games how do we connect those better those core values to what we're doing on a day-to-day basis
1: yeah so you know i think the first thing is you know once you establish what your core values are when you go to make decisions and every decision that coaches make that relates to their athletes and team is a leadership decision. It, no matter how big or how small, you know, what time you show up before practice, who's in at the end of the game, what time you get on the bus, how you communicate praise, how you communicate uh, corrections. All these are leadership decisions. There's a lot of different ways to do them and, but they're all informed by, you, you know, your leadership style. So when it comes down to what are your core leadership values, that's as many as, as things that are important to you. you know, in, in the book, I talk about five. They're important to me. But the important thing is, is that when you make those leadership decisions, so a core value, one of the core values of mine is integrity. So before I make leadership decisions, I need to think to myself, am I following through on my commitment to integrity? You know, that that doesn't come up in every leadership decision I make but it it comes up from time to time at varying points. So I need to consider as part of my process of decision-making and ultimately communication, am I being true to who I am and the importance of integrity for me? And taking that into consideration, you know, humility, listening, those are also core values of mine. And you know the important thing that I would say to coaches is you're not going to be perfect with all of your core values. There have been times where I thought, okay, I'm doing the right thing, I'm making the right decisions, I'm acting with integrity, and it hasn't worked out the way that I wanted. Or I've felt pressure from other sources and I haven't really followed through on listening in the way that I would have liked. That's okay. Just having that conversation with yourself and you know being intentional about trying to do it is, is a huge first step. And then the second part of that is being able to then reflect and say, okay, I didn't really handle that exactly the way that I wanted, or the outcome wasn't what I wanted. What happened? You know, Was I a little too quick with my, my decision-making process? I didn't listen to all the various stakeholders or team members? You know, Did I think I was acting with humility when really I let a little bit of my ego seep in? And then really being able to have that honest conversation with yourself. So I think it's kind of both sides of the coin. You know, doing the work on the front end to really ask yourself, are you in pursuit of those core values with your decisions? And then afterwards, you know, doing that kind of assessment of, okay, what, what happened in the process? Did it really work out the way I wanted? And what kind of changes or adjustments can I make for next time if I'm in that or a similar situation?
0: Support for a quick timeout podcast is brought to you by our friends at Dr. Dish Basketball. College and professional teams from around the country rely on Dr. Dish shooting machines to help improve their players' development. Whether it's in the gym or at home in your driveway, Dr. Dish will improve your basketball workouts. To find out more about how Dr. Dish can help your program, visit drdishbasketball.com. The best basketball coaches are relying on data more than ever. That's why coaches love Huddle Assist. With Assist, you get full game breakdowns, including complete team and player stats, in less than 24 hours. Your stats are ready when you need them. And assist is more than just the box score. Use interactive reports like shot charts and advanced stats like lineup data, VPS, and of course, effective field goal percentage to coach smarter. Plus, assist brings your stats to life. Every stat is marked on the video at the moment it happened. See every shot, turnover, rebound, and much more with just a few clicks. Want to see how Huddle Assist is elevating basketball? Visit huddle.com assist. That's huddle.com slash assist to learn more. What kind of impact does this have on our relationships with our players? Because every coach is going to tell you they would like more deeper, meaningful relationships with their players. And we usually get surface level. I'll just spend more time or I'll show them that I care, but there's more. Surely there's more to it, right?
1: Yeah, absolutely. I really spent my entire career trying to, build relationships with my players in the most meaningful way possible. That was the most important thing to me as a coach. That's why I wanted to come that's why I wanted to become a college basketball coach as opposed to another level or get into another career was for those relationships. And the most important thing for those relationships for me was I wanted them to transcend player coach relationship and I wanted them to transcend the college or university where where we were together. I wanted them to be meaningful and impactful on a human level. And a couple of ways that that I would tell coaches to you know kind of work through that is you know one I think you know one thing that I did was whenever I saw players on campus, whenever they came to my office, whenever we got to practice, that first meeting, I always tried to ask them something that had nothing to do with basketball. I mean even if they came to my office to watch film for that and I called them in, I always ask, you know, how are your parents doing? How's class going? Did you see that, that movie or TV show? Ask them something about themselves. And the other side of that, taking it one step further that I learned throughout my career that's so important is to get it to make sure that it's more meaningful and really a two-way street and a, and a complete relationship is you have to be willing to share things about yourself. So if you're gonna ask your athletes, how's your parents doing? How's your brother and sister? I've gotta be willing to tell them you know, my dad who comes to the games, you know, he's doing well, or, you know, you know, my kids are doing well, my wife is doing well, family's doing well, or, you know, this is, is, these are the books that I'm reading. This is the, this is what I'm doing in school. I've got to be willing to share those parts of myself so that it's more than that kind of surface level. How are you doing? I'm doing fine kind of conversation. And then it's all player coach within the confines of basketball to really transcend you know, the sport and that traditional player coach relationship, it's got to be a lot more meaningful and substantive. And that that takes time. It takes those kind of relationship building opportunities. And it also comes through support, and your players knowing that you have their best interests in mind on and off the court. And a lot of that comes down to your communication. You know, a lot of that comes through in, you know, in how you communicate with your players and the way you communicate with your players. And one way I, you know, I did it as, kind of a transformational leader and I encourage coaches to do is really try to find the we in your coaching. You know, a a lot of times when we're giving corrections, it's, you know, you need to do this. You need to do that. You need to fix this. The team needs to work this out really as much as you can try to integrate. We, we are going to fix this. We're going to work through this. We're going to get to the other side. We're going to improve so that your players know you're invested in their improvement on a personal and individual level and that you're going to be with them through the process. Mm -hmm. So I think the combination of those things really going to help coaches build those really lasting and in-depth relationships with their players.
0: Just thinking back, too, about your comments on the core values, do you find, too, that a coach who is consistent in communicating those core values and lives them through and holds players accountable to them develops more meaningful relationships with their players?
1: 100%. And, you know, I, I'll tell you a, a brief story from when I was at Western New Mexico, you know, we had a student athlete who, um, you know, he was a, a junior college transfer. He his, it was his third year in college, his first year at, at Western with me when I got there. I didn't recruit him. Uh, we just kind of both showed up on campus. And even though I wasn't intentionally doing it in my mind, I hadn't thought through my core values yet. You know, building relationships, clear and direct communication, you know some of those things just kind of were natural to me as a leader and i practiced them and it appeared to me during the season that he did not respond well to them and i was constantly trying to get through to him in the way that was authentic to me and i was willing to be transparent that this is who i am and I, you know i'm not going to change who i am I, I was trying different kind of approaches i was adjusting things but ultimately i had to stay true to who i was And I really thought throughout the the two years that we were together that, you know, our relationship was very rocky. Ultimately, I didn't feel like we had a great connection and that when he was moving on and I was moving on, that this was not going to be a relationship that transcended just because of all the interactions and and the kind of butting heads and the disagreements that we had had over time. And it was actually when we were both leaving campus that you know, he, you know, we, we kind of had one kind of kind of goodbye. And he said to me, you know, you know, coach, you know, good luck in your next job. And I appreciate everything you did for me and we have to stay in touch. And I really think that without you pushing me and without you kind of continuing to work with me and believe in me that I would have never had the career that I did. And I was unbelievably touched. And it was so surprising to me because I thought I was making all these mistakes and I was doing all these things that were hurting our relationship, when really my persistence, my, my authenticity, my transparency, even though we were we were butting heads at times, it ultimately was getting through to him over time. And we did build that strong relationship. It just looked a little different than I thought it would, but ultimately on the other side of it, because I, I was authentic and stay true to who I was, and he did the same thing, we built that mutual trust and respect And at the end, we had a really strong relationship.
0: Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of times where you think that either you're not getting through to or you're not connecting with. And they'll come back and say, you know, thanks for making an impact on my life. And I think it's those kind of situations that make us maybe more self-aware of our leadership styles and maybe things that are effective. Or they'll say something to you and you're like, I didn't even think that had an impact on what what mattered or anything that mattered. And, uh, oh, man, I should maybe do that a little bit more. And especially for the young coach that just being self-aware about leadership and again that you don't know what you don't know so a lot of it may end up being trial or error or reading a book like yours so they can understand it and learn it a little bit better but even maybe asking others to help i know that's hard sometimes especially maybe as males coaches asking for others opinion of how our leadership is coming across or whatever. So just like this idea of maybe how I think I'm leading and the perception of of what I think my leadership looks like versus what it actually is. Do you have any suggestions for either being aware of that or making sure that we actually know what's going on and, and, and can become better leaders? But do you have anything that would help a young coach or a coach who's just looking to improve and may not be wondering why things are going as well as they should be?
1: Yeah, you know, and I, I really appreciate the question. It's one of the kind of core themes of my book is, you know, aligning your perceived leadership style with your actual leadership style. And that's ultimately what the most successful coaches have done, is they figured out the leader they want to be, and they have acquired the knowledge and the tools to become that leader. And, you know, it starts with kind of figuring out your core values and beliefs in your leadership style. But what I would also say to coaches, and, and I think you, know, you, you made a great point there is, you know, your leadership practice is constantly evolving and it, it takes time. You're not going to become the leader that you want to be in your first year of coaching, your second year of coaching. You can't rush it. You know, it comes through the acquiring of knowledge and tools, but also experience. So I, I absolutely think, you know, observing coaches is one way, but coaches need to be willing to receive coaching. You know, I was really fortunate early in my career when I was at Dartmouth, um, you know, we had two other assistant coaches on the staff who had you know, 20 years of, of experience at, in college coaching. And, and I was really fortunate that they were willing to take the time to coach me. And at first I didn't particularly like it, especially when it was you know, on the court or maybe in front of the players or around the players, because I, I, I kind of still had that ego. I still was thinking about you know how am I being perceived? How am I coming off as opposed to, well, if I'm making these mistakes, ultimately that's more detrimental to me as a coach than one time coach pointing it out and us fixing it. Um, But being able to receive coaching is so important. And then over time, being willing to seek out coaching. Um, You know, I remember when I got to Chicago State after our first year, I kind of was reflecting on, on my leadership and there were several things I felt like I didn't do very well as a leader. And I just went to my head coach after the year and I asked him, you know, what do you think I could do? What, what? how can, you know, do you think I could be a better and more successful leader? How can I contribute more? How can I do these things better? I want that information. Sometimes you have to tell people that you want that coaching as well. Um, And then just, sometimes you just get it and just being willing to internalize it. Uh, But it's so important as as, as coaches, you know, particularly for young coaches, but also coaches who are more experienced, you know, you know, our our athletes are evolving, their needs are evolving very quickly. Our leadership practice needs to evolve very quickly as well to meet those needs. And so, you know, getting, um, you know, I I try to run things past colleagues a lot who might've been in similar situations. I try to also, I encourage people to, you know, get input from your friends or, or people that you know who maybe aren't in coaching, maybe they coach a different sport, a different level, just to get a different perspective or lens to view your decisions and, Um, kind of, you know, your leadership practice through, I think all that is extremely helpful for coaches.
0: You may have addressed this, but I've got, again, a lot of younger coaches and then coaches who just want to get better. And maybe they're not alert to, to some of the things, especially in their leadership practices that maybe they should be, or they're just looking to grow, but maybe the biggest common mistake as it pertains to leadership and coaching.
1: Yeah. So I, i think i think it's kind of twofold one is not being authentic to who you are as a leader and then not being willing to admit that you maybe went out of character or made a mistake in your leadership practice uh you know i i I talked through some of those things in the book i try to use all all practical examples from my coaching career and you know i made a lot of mistakes as a leader Uh, they're part of my leadership journey but One thing that I realized kind of later in my career that was so important was I needed to be willing to admit my leadership mistakes, both to myself and to the people that I might have hurt with them or or negatively impacted. Mm -hmm. And sometimes that was other coaches where, uh, you know, maybe I was talking over them at practice, or I disagreed with them, or I didn't communicate with them in in a very good way. Um, You know, it could be with the players, you know, not listening to them, losing my patience, communicating in a way that was out of character for me. Um, but ultimately what, what going back to the relationships and building those, those positive relationships with your players, those strong relationships that are built on trust and respect is being willing to admit when you made a mistake, uh, you know, my head coach at Chicago state, you know, I learned so much from him, but a, a huge thing that I learned from him was, was that if he made a mistake, if he feel like he, he made a mistake in the game, he should have made this substitution. We should have stuck with this play, something in our preparation, he would admit it to the players and that built up so much equity, so much respect from the players, because it wasn't all, you know, you did this and the team did that. And that's why this happened. And that's why we lost. It was, you know what, I made a mistake. I impacted our winning and losing. And ultimately I'm going to take responsibility for that. I think that comes from having a really strong sense of who you are as a leader, what you're trying to get out of your leadership and, you know, being able to, to take that next step and say to yourself, I made a mistake. I need to assess my actions as a leader. And then in certain circumstances, take that one step further and be willing to say to your players or to your coaches, I made a mistake. This is how I I see it now. This is what I should have done. And I'm going to try to do better moving forward.
0: I would encourage others to read the book. I think this gives you a perspective that's different from your typical leadership book because it's written from somebody who's been in it. I know you have a lot of examples. You've shared a ton of examples for those who are wanting to buy the book. Where can they get that?
1: Yeah, no, I I appreciate it. I, um, you know, kind of just one thing I'll say is, you know, in in my career, I was always kind of looking for leadership resources, books and lectures and trainings and different things. So that was a big inspiration for me because I wanted to hear from coaches and I wanted to hear from, You know coaches who had similar experiences to me you know i was an assistant coach at division one and two for over a decade and um now have moved into administration so um you know i I appreciate that you know the the book is available everywhere coaches can get it on amazon barnes and noble uh, wherever they buy their books um you know i really wrote it as a menu for coaches I, i don't go into the book and tell coaches this is the leadership style you should practice this is the leadership leader you should be I really try to take a holistic approach to help them, you know, kind of go through the process of figuring out their leadership style, learning about leadership styles and then giving them the tools to practice it. And you know, I really hope that helps coaches kind of figure out you know, kind of help them figure out who they are as a leader and become ultimately the leader that they want to be.
0: And again, the book is Lead Like a Pro, Effective Leadership Styles for Athletic Coaches. That's Dr. Matthew Raidbard, Coach, thank you so much for joining us today.
1: Thanks so much for having me. And, uh, you know, appreciate what you're doing here on the podcast for, for all the coach listeners. It's a, definitely a great resource. So I appreciate you having me on.
0: That'll do it for this episode. Thanks so much for listening. We'll talk to you again at the next time out.